We are trailblazers. We are scientists. We are diplomats. We are warriors. We are protectors. We are healers. We are pioneers. We are explorers. We are family. And we are the crew of the USS Arabella, boldly going where no one has gone before. Hello and welcome to the Ready Room, the Treks and Sci-Fi Microcast. This is Kenny. I play Captain Quinn. He's half Elorian and half Betazoid. And this is Rick filling in for Jen. I play Counselor Margon, a Bolian counselor on the ship. And I also play Jadan, the bartender, in the Afterburner. Welcome, Rick. Thank you, Kenny. It's good to be here. On today's briefing, we have a special interview with our chief engineer, RPG Protocol, the story so far with some cool readings, a guest reading, and our final thoughts. Stay tuned. Enabling special guest interview. We have a special guest interview today, and it's the one and only Brian Dunn. He goes by Brian, Brian CD on the forums. Hello, Brian. Hello, Kenny. Hello, Rick. Hi there. Um, so why don't you first tell us about your main character, Karath? Karath? I, I decided I wanted to be a Klingon just because right when we, we all started the RPG, it didn't seem like anyone was going to be one. So uh, we had a lot of telepaths, we had a lot of humanoids, and I figured, well, I guess we'll throw a Klingon in the mix. Um, I didn't want him to necessarily be a Klingon like Worf or one of the ones that we've already seen in the, in the shows. So I kind of basically made up a Klingon character that was me if I was a Klingon. So <laughs> I just sort of started off with the premise that, okay, he's... He's not going to be a big, really rough and tumble kind of Klingon. He's going to be a little bit smaller and uh, a little bit more into uh, athletics uh, and and certainly the combat and all the things that Klingons are known for. But maybe just give him a little bit different of a, of a softer side, just not quite as harsh as uh, as most of the Klingons that are portrayed on Star Trek. So um, I gave him a, a backstory that included the fact that he was the grandson of Commander Kang from the original series, um, mm-hmm. figuring that if he was sort of a bit of a different kind of duck from the normal Klingons, uh, being born into that kind of family would have made his life a little bit more difficult. He probably would have felt like he had a lot to live up to and maybe didn't want to, which could have driven him to maybe be more involved with, uh, with Starfleet and with, uh, with humans and so much with, uh, with Klingons. So that was basically the, the foundation for it. And I just found it a lot easier. Having never participated in an RPG, I just found it a lot easier to have him have a lot of my attributes um, with a little bit of a Klingon touch in order to help me participate in the RPG better and to you know be able to come up with ideas and, and directions that his character might want to go in. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's definitely not your typical Klingon, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Well, we do like that. Yeah, what I like about your character, Brian, is is he seems. You know how they when they talk about ships being big and bulky, and then they have smaller ones, and they can run circles around. It. Your Klingon character is like that. Not only do you progress with the fact that we're further on in the timeline in Star Trek universe, so the Klingons are going to be a little more used to working with the Federation, and we're getting along better and all that. Uh, but you're yeah. also you're quicker than the normal Klingon, you, and that's what I like about you because you're. Yeah, you're yeah, involved. I wanted. I, I wanted to sort of break away from 
uh, you know, the Klingons could, which 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 Worf certainly did as a character. I mean, Worf Worf was was very dynamic, you know, but there was still there was still that his he was so wrapped up in the concepts of honor and the concepts of of sort of a he's a blunt instrument as opposed mm-hmm. to a surgical instrument. Right. Yeah. So well, yeah, I, I wanted to be I wanted to be a little different in that respect. Well, they and they took the first three years to just develop develop Worf and mm-hmm. that's what I like about your character is you you're you're already there. Yeah. And that's it's great. Yeah, it, it's really it's really worked out well. You know, and again, like I said, had we never participated in the RPG in an RPG before, although I do enjoy I had enjoyed, you know, creative writing when I was younger, but um, you know, for me the 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 game has just been it's been a lot of fun. I think I think I probably represent a faction of the players of the game who don't necessarily post the longest posts. Um, don't necessarily mm-hmm. post as frequently, but I like to think that that it, it, the game is so inclusive that people who and it is very easy, as you, as Kenny, as you and Jenna pointed out, that to be intimidated by the, the incredible quality of the contributions that people like you, like Rick, um, Jen, uh, Just X, Wraith, uh, and our, the new people like Hawkeye and Omara and in Stitches. I mean. Their writing is just phenomenal, and it, it can be very intimidating when when you have you know you're like gee I, I I don't know exactly what to say. What I would say to people that are sort of on the on the fence about joining the RPG is that it's okay to have a character and to not necessarily have posts that are really long or really involved. Just keep your character involved. There's always an opportunity to sort of stick them in there and have a little fun with it. I always try to keep Karath involved in the story. Um, I never want the story to get too far away from him. I always try, and if, even if it's just a quick post, to put him in position so that he can still be involved. And uh, certainly this season, we've seen a lot of joint posts, and I just did a joint post with In Stitches. There, she mm-hmm. sent me an email and asked if we could do that, and it was a great idea. And I think the collaborative stuff that's been going on recently has made not only the the, the writing fun, but it's also helped, you know, really move the game along, and uh, it's it's made for a very, very interesting, very, very different season this this year. Yeah. Oh, definitely. definitely. Yeah. And uh, so you already answered my other question. You've never done an RPG before. Nope. So this is your first time. Yep. And you're doing a great job, and you've also created an NPC that's become really popular. I did. I did. I I, I figured we needed with all the terrible things that are happening back in the Tiberius mission that we did last season. That I was like, <laughs> you know, we, we need secure. We need another security guy. So I, I created a red shirt character named Ensign Dunn, and being my last name, and basically he's me at 22. He's me, you know, 18 years ago, um, with you know all of the bravado, but all of the insecurities and. What's great about him is that he's been sort of adopted by a number of people on the boards, including Rafe um, and his characters and, and their security teams have adopted him. And they'll write for him. Uh, and I said it was fine for them to do that. And they do a great job. They, they write him exactly the way that uh, I sort of envision him. And he's sort of become the sort of a, everybody's favorite NPC to sort of write for. And then every now and then I'll just write a post for him just to, you know, give him a little bit of my personality, but everybody's doing a great job with him. And that's been that's been a lot of fun to see people sort of adopt him as a as a, as a character of their own. Oh, definitely. I think you're. I think Dunn has become the most popular NPC character. So we have several, but I think everybody uses him. 
I, I you know, I just and I just did a, a the, like I said a post with in Stitch's NPC character who's in engineering, and I totally forgot yeah. about that. And I also Kenny, actually, I also I really enjoy Took, um, your NPC oh, yeah. character. Well, I like I like I like Karas and Took's interaction. Right, I like bringing I like I like to bring bring in bring him in whenever I'm down there. Now that in Stitches has an engineering character as well. Now we've got like a little a little uh, group down in engineering I can work with because I, I sent an email to Jen a while back before this season started saying help I'm all alone in engineering it's getting lonely down here <laughs> that's right yeah, I think that's why actually I created Took because of that yeah I'm, I'm sitting down there alone staring at the warp core like a mental patient not knowing what to do with myself <laughs> great that's funny and I I do think now you should have a T-shirt that says it's not over till it's done. <laughs> I told I told uh, I told Wraith I was like, dude, whatever you do, just don't kill him, all right? Just do not kill yeah, him. Don't kill Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's well, I appreciate I appreciate you taking a few moments and talking with us. Oh, you're great. You've been with us. You've been with us since the very beginning, which is yeah, very I, rare. Oh, Kenny, man, I mean, I, it's so funny because you. I remember when you first started calling into um, Rico's podcast back when he was about you know five, ten shows into into it. Yeah. And uh, it was always, hi, this is Kenny from California, and you know, I always felt I always felt a kinship to you because I guess maybe because we're, you and I are close with me being in Phoenix and you being in LA, but. You know, I was like, I just, I always remember hearing you, and you were like, you were like one of the first people that ever started calling into the show. Uh, That's right. So yeah, yeah, we we all we all go way back, and it's great. It's to been see around that. a long time. Yeah, it's, it's it's so cool to see the community grow and to have you know so many really talented and creative people you know join up and contributing to the forums, listening to the podcast, contributing to the RPG, and then doing stuff like this. So it's it's of all the forums that I've I've participated in on the internet. And that I contribute to you on a, on a daily basis. This is by far the one that's the most fun and the one that's the most family. Oh yeah, me too. Definitely. I agree. Definitely. I agree. Well, thank you very much, Brian. It was it's great been a, talking. It's been a pleasure, yeah. guys. Have a great holiday weekend, right? Yeah, you too. Thanks, Brian. All, All right. right. Take care, guys. Take care. Bye bye. Diagnostic complete. Initiating RPG protocol. Okay, for today's RPG protocol, we have a few things that we'd like to discuss. First, we want to talk about, uh, as we've talked about in previous Ready Rooms, the NPC profiles. Those are the not popular characters, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's no, no, what sorry, NPC sorry. means, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I sat up, sat up thinking about all these different acronyms for NPCs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we just want to make sure that everybody is is if you create an NPC that's used more than twice in the RPG game, you need a profile just to uh, let everyone know what, you know a little bit about this person's background. It doesn't need to be really detailed as your main characters, but it does need. We do need a profile for every NPC that we have. Um, and the reason so, for yeah, the reason for this is so that we we know what the parameters are that we can use a character in. I mean, like. For instance, you know the character that I have, Judan, who's now one of the of a main character. He was actually an NPC to start out with for the first I don't know what six seasons or yeah. so. Yeah. And we turned him into a, a character when uh, Brex passed away, and and uh, it's just important that we know who we're working with there. Yeah. Because uh, all of us get to write for those characters, and it's it's good to know a base of who they are and what they do. Yeah. See, and that's an important thing is NPCs are played by everybody. So it's it is a great idea to give us more information. So your NPC, when you create this NPC, that you know, I'm sure you have an idea of how you want this character to be. But obviously, 
you know, if, you're, if it's an NPC character, anybody can play them. So you want to try to give them as much information about their personality and where they came from so they get a good understanding of this person's background. So when they're writing it, you know, you're reading it going, oh, yeah, that, I, I agree. That's, you know, that sounds like my character, the one I create. Now, now, Kenny, there are parameters on how we can use the NPC characters as well, isn't there? I mean, we can't, like, kill them off if there's somebody yes. else's NPC, right? Definitely. Good point. NPCs are created... The creator of the NPC can do whatever they want to this character. But okay. other people can write for him, but you cannot kill them off. You can't transfer them off the ship. You can't, you know, put them in some dire need peril. Um, <laughs> so there are some... There, there are limits, call- yes. I mean, yeah. they're not red shirts. You know, we just don't kill them off when <laughs> we feel like it. Unless the person who created it said, oh, yeah, go for it. Right. Then right. you're more than welcome to. But, yeah... So general rule then on npc characters you don't kill them and you don't like put them into a situation where it's like dire yes okay. um, yeah so that's so that's that's npc we you know we keep reiterating it over and over because it's still not happening so okay. if, if uh you know if you guys do it then you won't hear us talk about it anymore right and then i guess the other thing too that i've noticed is um, sometimes we'll have a character just show up without a background and that's why it's so important as well yes. Yes, and uh, yeah, we do ask that you. you don't know how, to, how do you react yeah, to them? We don't. Yeah, know. yeah, and we do ask that you send your NPC profiles to us first. If you're going to create a brand new character that's going to be somewhat of a regular NPC character, we need to approve them first. I have Just a question. We, yes. Uh, for behind the scenes here, since this is kind of a behind the scenes, the ready room thing. All right. Um, have you had people send you a character that you haven't allowed to be in the in the? Oh yeah. The game? Yeah. Definitely. And, and, how do they react to that? Do they get upset, or I mean, how how you know? Most I mean, people, most people are fine with it because they realize that Jen and I know every single character, right. so we know what we need more of and what we don't need. So right. you know, we would get profiles. You know, back in the day when we first started this, we would get spies. Everybody had to have an alter. Everybody ego. had a spy. Yeah, Everybody yeah. was an alter ego. You know, you were either a Klingon portraying a Cardassian, portraying a Romulan. Right. You know, and and after like three or four of them, I'm like, okay, that's it. We have to put a cap on them. So oh, yeah, when we, we were all telepathic as well. Yeah. We oh yeah. Tell, see another. That's another good thing. Telepathy. <laughs> Everybody. It was like a ship of telepaths. But we had all these spies on our ship. Right. So. How does that work? Telepathy? Yeah. So right. so we so Jen and I when we would get them we would tell them you know oh no I'm sorry this sounds too much like this character or no you know we're really trying not to do you know we would do it nicely and we you know. And then they would tweak it and alter it, and we got some really great characters out from those tweaks. See, and that's what's so cool. It's so good to have good moderators like you and Jen because then the story really can take on a good life, and you don't get confused in it. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. Great. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is I want to give some props to Jen. She's been doing some character portraits. Oh, and they're, they're awesome. Aren't they? I mean, she did her own. She did Servril. And we were all like, wow. Blown away by Servril. And then she did the Colin, and we're like, "Oh my God, the Colin is just great." And then she did Quinn, and I just, I still love Kevin wow. as my desktop right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, he looks exactly like I pictured him, and I mean, he's awesome. And then she just recently came up with uh, Zerim. He's oh. a he's a Andorian, uh, Rico's oh, character. Man. Oh my just gosh, awesome. it's yes. unbelievable! I was totally impressed. Totally, totally impressed. So we want to encourage anyone else who has the talent, like Jen, if you want to create some of uh, our character portraits. Um, we still have a lot of characters to go through, and Jen is only one person, and she does it in her free time. 
So yeah, Margon was next in line, but she is tired, uh, or just, you know, overworked with the blue alien thing. So she's actually yeah. going to Catan, who is human. I can't wait to see Catan's picture because he's human, raised by Klingon. Klingon, yeah. So he acts like a Klingon, but he's a human. So he's human. So I can, I'm looking forward to seeing that portrait. But that's her that's next good. one, and then she'll be doing our favorite counselor, Margon. Ooh, fun. My <laughs> wife and I were watching... Um, what was it? That or Voyager last night, the one where the uh, the uh, uh, Tuvok has to train the mm, the yeah. Maquis, the and one of them one of them is a Bolian. And we we noticed um, if you look a little close on their head, they have the, these ridges that go um, back on their head like a shell kind of. It's very interesting. But oh, yeah, so like split half. Character. <laughs> There's your character, honey. Like, oh, thank you. Thanks so much. You'll be seeing him soon, hopefully. Yeah. That would very cool. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. And great job, Jen. Excellent. Excellent yes, job. Thank on you. The- and if anybody else wants to participate with that, we'd appreciate it. We, I'm sure we have a lot of artists out there. If anybody wants to uh, help out Jen and uh, filling out our cast portraits, it would be really cool. That would be very cool. Yes. Accessing library computer data. Initiating the story so far. Enter when ready. Okay, next up we have the story so far. Uh, let's see, what's been happening? We had uh, another uh, briefing, mm-hmm. which gave us more details about uh, the species or the alien life forms that live on this planet. New planet, and we got to see, or we got to hear what color they were going to be, and, and uh, a, l- a little bit about their culture and the different things that we'd be running into, supposedly. Yeah. Of course, the information is is okay, but it's sketchy at best. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have so we got to wait and see what happens when we get down there. Yeah, and we've been—I think right before that we had a lot of activity in the afterburner. There was a lot of. Oh, that's um, right. That's right. Yeah, there was some stuff going on. There was some music being played. It was like R and R. I think like yeah, it was really like cool. all ten or fifteen those were all about the afterburner, and everyone just happened to kind of hang out there, and yeah. it was a lot. Of, it was a big party. It was, and even got to see some of the characters kind of getting. A crush on another character. And yes. It was. It was fun. It was really, really fun. Of- and then, of course, the briefing. Yeah. And now, now we're watching everybody get altered into their uh, their new look. Yeah. Which is great because uh, you know they're all different. I mean, because this the species has all different types of colors. So everybody. Which I think was a brilliant idea, by the way. Whoever came up with that, I don't. I don't. Yeah. That, that was that was a great idea. But uh, yeah, so it's been fun watching each individual pick a color. On what they want their character to look at. Uh, Pick a color, any color. Because <laughs> I think I think Quinn is turquoise. Yeah, and and we all have pointy ears. Yes, we all have, and they're more like I guess they're more uh, elvish. Elf. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I the thought that was kind of cool. Just cool. And we all have different color I, eyes. And th- yeah, and I really enjoyed. I, I hopefully we can read today maybe the post that um, Parath or Brian did uh, when his character got altered. It was very short, but it was very. Descriptive, and I just love the way that he described what his character looks like. Definitely, very cool. yeah. So why don't we move on to readings and posts? Sure. Right, cool. Margon sat on the stool. No one really paid any attention until the unit he was clutching in his hand automatically linked to the sound system on the tiny stage. The afterburner was full of crew members enjoying themselves. Usually he would unwind by reading a good book, but tonight he wanted to make music. The counselor closed his eyes, and the most beautiful melody came out of the speakers. It was a flute and an oboe, along with a cello. The music was soothing, 
and the pulsating lights surrounding the stage were nice too. A few couples stopped for a moment and gazed into their partner's eyes. Margon opened his eyes in time to see a few of them cuddle close. Just then, Jadon strode by. Hey boss. He grinned. Why don't you try something more up-tempo? Uh, but don't be causing all of these fine people to fall asleep. Margon rolled his eyes and then brought the current song to a close. A few folks clapped for the tune as the counselor barked out, Any requests? Commander Sevril approached the counselor, who was mentally playing a Klingon opera at Lieutenant Commander Karath's request. The Vulcan didn't wish to interrupt his concentration, but the noise was beginning to grate on her stoicism. Counselor, she whispered, perhaps you could play something by Moyer. Plasma Cloud is an agreeable tune. I would prefer that piece to the opera you are currently performing. He opened one eye to meet her own before concluding the tune with a grandiose ending. Smiling at his friend, the counselor began the whimsical tune by Richard Moyer. Savril arched an eyebrow and returned to her chair to finish her dinner in peace. So when her meal was over, she stood and said goodbye to Zrem, nodded to the counselor, and retired for the evening. Young Ensign Farmer bumped into her on the way out of the afterburner. The Fertilian was visibly disturbed. Oh, uh, uh, pardon me, Commander. I was just... I didn't... I'm sorry. She uttered as she brushed past the Vulcan. Savril glanced over her shoulder to see Eric James wearing a bewildered expression. She had not noticed her friend until then and walked to the bar to say goodnight. Ensign Farmer was quite upset. What happened? She inquired. Commander Servril examined her reflection in a mirror that Dr. Peterson held before her. The Vulcan's fair olive tinge hue was now a deep jade green. She turned her head to one side and observed a series of delicate tattoos winding their way from her long, tapered ear, over her jaw, down her neck, and across the top of her shoulder. Apparently, the decorative art only graced the right side of her face. She blinked copper-colored eyes and brushed a lock of long, copper-colored hair away from them to study her features in greater detail. Her eyebrows were no longer Vulcan. They were somewhat tearing in appearance. She arched one experimentally before nodding to Peterson. Thank you, Doctor. Her ordinarily svelte stature was now more athletic, yet not at all masculine. The doctor helped her off the biobed as she glanced to the captain. Dr. Dredd had completed his alterations, and he waited nearby for his first officer. Nathan's turquoise-toned cheeks pushed upwards in a smile upon seeing her alien appearance. Green looks good on you, 
he said as they exited sickbay together to continue their preparations. Carath sat up from the biobed, his surgical alterations complete. He glanced over towards Dr. Gret, who had a bemused look upon her face. Well, she said, try not to frighten any small children while you're down there. Carath stood and strode over to a surgical equipment cart and grabbed a small mirror. Even he was startled by the visage. His normally dark tan-colored skin was pure black. His brown ridges had been completely masked. His light hazel-colored eyes were now a bright gold, which contributed to his aggressive and startling appearance. His hair was black as well, indicating he was to be part of the blate class of the native society. It was hoped that being perceived as part of the ruling aristocracy would provide the engineer with access to all areas of the Teleros society. He really did look very intimidating. Thank you, Doctor. He smiled at Dret and made his way back to his quarters to get into costume. A new collection of data has been detected. Accessing odds and ends. And now, here's something very special. In tribute to Cool and the Gang's celebration, I give you Moyer and the Gang's alteration. Take it away, Rick. Let's operate. 
It's all right. Guest reading initiated and engaged. Greetings. This is Stephen Knoll. You may know me in the forums as Omra. I will now endeavor to do a reading of one of my posts. Since this is my first reading, I felt it appropriate to read my first post. The room was simple and functional, much like its occupant. One may even call it Spartan. Though, in its current darkened state, one would be hard-pressed to even describe a single item within it. The only movement within the darkened room came from a man sitting in front of a rather eclectic collection of seemingly mismatched and unrelated components, which somehow the ingenious Bajoran had managed to convince to play nice together. After adding more beryllium, to the service tray, he hit resume on the control panel and leaned back in his chair. Only the pale light of the monitors illuminated the Bajoran's weary and weather-worn face. After stretching the muscles of his aging frame, he leaned forward, peering into one of the monitors to check his spelling for the sixth time. His concentration was broken by the familiar and welcome sensation of young hands rubbing his shoulders. The ghost of Yamamoto's daughter embraced the rugged Bajoran, resting her chin on his shoulder. She peered with him into the monitor screen, the phosphorescent glow making her young Asian features even more spirit-like. After watching the tiny nanites scurrying about completing the assigned task, she softly whispered in his ear, what you doing? I am repairing my earring. I've I've rubbed it so much I've worn down the names. I I can no longer read them by touch, making it hard to remember them or the faces that go with those names. Yuki stood back up, preparing herself for what she knew would come. When she said what needed to be said, perhaps that is the point. Startled at her response, he turned to face her. The petite Japanese phantom explained, Speaking on behalf of the spirit world, My dear Shinsetsu Uto-san, it has been many, many years, twenty years. Surely your fallen comrade's souls have found peace. 
Should you not also find peace? I do not believe they would wish for you to continue mourning their passing after all this time. And as a wise man once told me, you honor a loved one's memory, not by remembering how they died, but by remembering how they lived. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. You, yeah, you're right, Yuki. By the way, uh, who told you that? My father. Corden winced at the mention of Yuki's father. Why does the mention of my creator pain you? Because I failed him. He... He died. She knelt down and held his hand. Looking deep into his eyes, his sad eyes, I know, Otosan. I was there. I saw. I felt everything through you. I felt in you a loss as deep as my own. And I know that when he died, he died in the arms of someone who loved him. To you, he was Kazuku. You shared with him a sacred bond between fathers for you too had lost a young daughter and understood his pain and it was because of that bond when he died he knew that I would be safe that you would look after me his Quidon his creation as if you as if I were your own daughter and he was finally able to do the one thing he longed for the most Corden finished the thought for her to reunite with his lost daughter. Shaking her head. And you look at that as failure? Failure? That is not failure. That is victory. Because when you freed us from the Orion Syndicate and their twisted plans, you didn't just free us from fear. From slavery. Oppression. You freed him from his grief and his pain. <sighs> yeah. You're right. <laughs> You're right again, Yuki. You... You've grown wise. I wish your father could have seen what you've become. He would be proud. He will know. One day. One day he will know. When I finally join him, a hint of a smile slowly crept across the formerly saddened face. Yuki noticed and asked accusingly, What is so funny, Crinkle Nose? <laughs> oh, won't he find that confusing? Explain yourself? Well, you know, to suddenly find himself with two daughters. She laughed and mussed up his hair. Or at least that was the way it felt. His neural link with the Yuki AI simulated the sensation of her touch. Having spent so many years with her, made it easy to forget she was an illusion. Once her laughter died down, she answered his jest. Silly Gaijin, 
He will be twice blessed. <laughs> Korda joined in with Yuki's laughter. And then turned back around towards the real-time monitor screen. And watched the nanites as they continued tirelessly in their endeavors. He smirked. I guess it wasn't the earring that needed to be repaired after all. It was me. But I think I'll let the little buggers finish up anyways. I'll just use it differently now. To, like you said, remember how they lived. He looked at the list of names and thought to himself, What to do, what to do, what to do. And then he smiled as an idea came to him, thinking to himself, I think there's room for one more. Her heart swelled her pride, and she found herself wishing that she could hold him, to comfort him, to be more than just an illusion created by her late father's invention. She watched as he began typing. She focused on the input screen and watched as letter by letter a new name appeared on the screen. Hiro Yamamoto. She gasped. It was her father's name. As she heard his chair swiveling back around, she turned her head in an effort to try and hide the tears welling up in her eyes. Will your prophets not be angry with you? After all, he was not Bajoran. He died on a moon, the Bajoran moon. And he was someone I cared about. And he was, as you said, Kazuku. He was family. And he gave me a gift. The greatest gift a father in mourning could ask for. A daughter. She no longer felt shame in her tears. She showed them her pride and let them flow. And flow they did. Elsewhere on DS9. The promenade was bustling with vibrant activity. Music from a dozen cultures assailed the sensitive hearing of the young Fenrol as she passed the mirrored of gaudy storefronts, each of them fighting furiously for her attention. And Federation credits, conversations in unfamiliar languages and exotic smells threatened to overwhelm the senses. She stopped and leaned on the railing, peering down to look at the passers-by. I wonder if I'll be posted to a station or ship, she pondered. As she observed the crowd, her sharp security-driven mind caused her to look for pickpockets and petty criminals. She saw that indeed there were individuals leering at the crowds as potential prey, and others sheltering themselves behind information kiosks having hushed conversations while trying not to be too obvious about it. But she was not alone in her observations. There were Bajoran personnel watching silently and ever vigilant, unseen in their sentinel-like role, unless one sought them out. She smiled to herself and mused aloud, 
Odo trained them well. Indeed he did, a boisterous voice proclaimed. She turned to seek out the source. It was a Klingon. She thought to herself, I've always wanted to meet a Klingon. She smiled at the thought of this new opportunity. The Klingon laughed heartily and then explained the source of his laughter. It is not often I meet someone with teeth sharper than my own. And he smiled, showing his own sharp teeth. Her smile widened. Encouraged by her response, he continued. Look at us. He spread his arms dramatically while surveying the crowd, proudly proclaimed, Two predators in a station full of prey. She smiled wider while thinking, I believe I'm going to like Klingons. Continuing his melodramatic monologue, Surely destiny has brought you to me, for I sense within you the heart of a warrior. One who can truly appreciate my fine wares. At which point he pulled back the curtains, covering his merchant's kiosk, revealing a glittering array of finely crafted blades and hand weapons. She purred with delight. He laughed heartily. I see I was right about you, my young warrior. Taking in the young Fenro's appearance, he continued, And in the hopes of establishing goodwill with your people, I shall offer you an unprecedented discount of 20%. He smiled fiercely, displaying his sharp teeth once more and proudly boasted, As we Klingons are so fond of saying, Today is a good day to buy. Command codes verified. Activating final thoughts. Okay, for final thoughts, we have a few, don't we? We always, I always have a final thought. <laughs> I don't know about you. But... Well, first I want to talk about submissions. We really, really want to get more submissions. Uh, readings, uh, just reading posts. You know, reading your yeah. favorite RPG posts. You, you know, if you want to do a dramatization, that's even better. Add some music and some sound effects. Um, feedback. Why do you like our podcast? I know I really enjoy that when, when people send them in for the ready room. It's, it's fun. You know, people do that for the Tracks and Sci-Fi um, show quite a bit. But for the ready room, I think people just need to get used to sending stuff in because a lot of people listen to it. And it really, I think it's attractive of getting people involved in the game when they hear somebody read that stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, different voices. you can send stuff to the ready room podcast at gmail.com. Or you can just send it to uh, either Jen or myself in our email, our personal emails, which are you can find on the forums. And you can find the forums at www.treksandsci-fi.com. Boy, you say that so nicely. I'm so (laughs) impressed. You know, one time I sent uh, sent somebody out there um, many, many submissions to the show to uh, uh, Ready Room or The Ready Room at Gmail. But that's not it. It's The Ready Room Podcast. So whoever owns The the Ready Room at Gmail... (laughs) I'm Frickmeyer, and I'm sending you lots of mail. Sorry. So do it to the, the Ready Room Podcast at Gmail. Yes, that's com. super important because people forget the also, and they'll just Ready Room Podcast or the yeah. Ready Room at yeah. It's the Ready Room Podcast at Gmail dot com. Very good. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is actually your big part of this, Rick. Is we play most is most of the music that you hear in our shows is from one and only Rick here. 
Ooh, exciting and fun, huh? <laughs> um, but other people can definitely join in if they want to contribute. We do like original stuff only. Um, we try not to play any kind of copyrighted stuff. And, well, uh, it's cool because, I mean, if you're out there, I know that a lot of people that listen to the show, at least a, a couple of other people do write music and have recorded. So it'd be really nice to have some other music on there. And, and uh, it's fun to do that because you create a neat atmosphere behind the readings and the talking and it just makes it more enjoyable to listen to when you have yeah. music behind and we are asking for fantasy sci-fi-ish music not some rock and roll type thing you know we do oh, <laughs> try to keep it themed within our show so we are geeky sci-fi fantasy geeks the Arabella <laughs> oh, sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> that might work you know if it's about our ship then that would work that might be different yeah you're right that would be different we do rock oh, if it's so funny. for the RPG you that's know right. you can rock out about Quinn and Surreal and her crew <laughs> that's all fine my new but... band Karath <laughs> the new metal band Karath <laughs> I like it so anyway. if you want to contribute Rick doesn't mind setting aside some of his space that he occupies I don't mind at all. In fact, uh, you know, when you guys originally had asked for some music, I brought home a couple of uh, instruments that I enjoy playing. Uh, synthesizer, one of them is a um, – oh, what do I use? I use a couple of different synthesizers. One's an Alesis keyboard, and the, and the other is um, – I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I don't have it sitting in front of me, so I can't, can't tell you. I think I wrote it in the forums there. But anyway, I just sit down, and I, and I start thinking of different themes and different – stuff that goes on in the RPG and then and I just get a melody and start playing it and make it kind of spacey sounding and well you heard an example today the the plasma cloud song um, is one, one of Jen's favorites she really likes that one and so uh, I was just sitting there thinking what would it be like to be in a plasma cloud and that's I wrote it from that <laughs> perspective and it sounds like that's kind of whimsical and got lots of bell sounds in it and I like that lens yeah just go for that from there and it's, it's all kind of in stereo kind of cool and very fun. And the other one that I uh, that you play quite frequently, which is one of my favorites, called Aliens. Oh, you and know it's why? Just, it's a cool, yeah. it's a cool tune, but it's also long. Yeah, it's nice and long. And I can, and it's, I don't have yeah, to cut can, it so many times. It's like right. it's a great tune. It fits perfectly, and yeah, so that's one of my favorites too. And uh, I, Dry Dock. I, yeah, what I yeah Dry Dock too. What I did is I for Aliens, I actually picked a bunch of different real alien sounding instruments and mixed them together to see what that would do. In kind of a of a of a interesting um, tempo, and it came out really alien sounding, which I thought was appropriate for the RPG. And uh, thus, you got the song. Aliens. Yes, Aliens Among Us. Yeah, Aliens Among Us. Yes, very very, very cool. All right, anything else you wanna? Well, I just encourage people to to. Uh, sign up and post. We the folks we have right now are doing just an awesome job. I can't wait until we get into the uh, the away mission. Everybody's all psyched out about it. It's going to be great. Yeah. I would like to say though, if you're listening, Councilor Margon has his uh, office open and is waiting for any of you that are uneasy about the mission to come and talk with him. So just to let you know, if you are listening and you're part of the RPG, or if you're not even, uh, maybe you can become part of it. Come visit the Councilor and go on the away mission. Woohoo! <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Rick, for joining us um, today. I appreciate. Yeah, well, we miss Jen. Props go out to Jen. Yes, we, miss we always Jen. miss Jen. But uh, we definitely be having you as a as a replacement host. Well, thank you. I have a great time, and it's nice that Jen has a real life, don't you think? Yeah. Don't... 
Okay. Unlike us who work all the time and play on our computers. Hey, that's right. This is what I do on my weekends. Work all <laughs> work all week and then come here and record. Yeah, it's too much fun though, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, it's always fun. But anyway, yeah, thanks again, Kenny, for all your hard work on the RPG no and, and on the forums and stuff. It's great. We, and Rico, thanks for uh, for uh, posting the podcast. If it wasn't for Rico, we wouldn't all be here right now. No, so it's kind of cool community. And for those of you that are listening that haven't haven't looked at the forums, it's www.treksinsci-fi.com. <laughs> all right, so I think that's going to do it for this ready room. Excellent. This is Kenny. This is Rick. Hailing frequencies closed. The Ready Room theme and other RPG music was composed by Rick Moyer. Read more about the adventures of the USS Arabella at treksandsci-fi.com.